I do think that stillness of what is happening, why am I feeling this? Developing that intimacy with yourself can actually be enough to heal loneliness, whether you're with people or not. And we all crave community and we all crave connection. You know, I think ultimately that's what we all want. Welcome back, or welcome for the first time to Let It Out. My name is Katie Dilbao, and this week on the podcast, my friend, Dr. Patty Kim, she's a naturopathic doctor and acupuncturist in Los Angeles with me. She's also my close friend and one of my favorite people to be around, and she's been on the podcast before. So if you're new here, maybe go back to part one, or you can just jump in here, but you'll learn more about Patty and her practice and her studying art and then getting into naturopathic medicine and acupuncture and her dog Olive and we talk about being a slow mover, deprioritizing self-care, we talk about naturopathic medicine and gentleness within that, we talk about rituals and how we met in ceramics class all in that first part of the podcast, which you can go back to and listen to. We'll make sure it's linked. But in this conversation, she returns and we recorded for an hour in my apartment in this weird LA thunderstorm. And we talk about something that we call secret single behaviors as to single people who have those. <laughs> and the Sex in the City episode that comes from that, I talk about a really lovely childhood memory that I have. We talk about wellness versus enjoying your life. We talk about connection, quick, simple eating, weird things that we eat that we love. We talk about how loneliness impacts physical health because we took your questions. And I said it in this episode and I meant it. Dr. Patty, I think will be a fixture in this show where she'll come, you know, every month, every quarter, we'll answer questions about well-being, but we'll also just have a chat that's really casual and you'll get to know me more and her more and you'll hear us talking about friendship and cocooning and in this conversation we talk about navigating change and staying present with what's in front of us when we're, you know, in between no longer and not yet of a practice or habit. Anyway, I'm going to let us get to that conversation. If you want to know more about me or my work, stick around at the end. I'll tell you a little bit more. Thank you again for being here. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. It really, really helps. And leaving a review on iTunes is still something I'm going to mention and ask. But one quick announcement. If you want to join the Right Kit, which is a workshop that I made about a year ago, I'm doing a 50% off discount with the code October. So you can get it for 50% off until the end of the month. It's journaling prompts that are beyond what's in my book. I wrote a book about journaling that came out in 2016. And this is a big update from that, as well as writing to share. If you're someone who wants to share your writing, if you want to have a column or have a blog or publish and pitch essays or do more journalism, I interview my friend Leah Clancy, who's been on this show, and we talk about writing and pitching, and she's a professional writer who does copywriting and and poetry and is one of the most 
important people in my life and a really tremendous writer. So that is all in the right kit. And if you want that, again, 50% off till the end of the month. Enjoy my conversation with my dear friend, Dr. Patty Kim, and I will talk to you at the end. Did you ever know the Lifetime program, Intimate Portrait? Yes. How do you know? When I was a kid, I know what it is very, very well. So it was, it, for people listening, it was this TV show on Lifetime hosted by Meredith Vieira before she did the Today Show, right? And The View. And The View. And they would like take a person, a celebrity, I think, and they would do this intimate portrait of their life. And they would talk about, you know, their childhood. And it was almost like a little documentary, but it was yeah, very dramatic. Yeah. Right? Gosh, this and is like total the flashback. The only reason I know it, and I just brought that up because you're like, it feels intimate. And I always thought it was so cool and wanted to do that with people, mm-hmm. which I kind of do now, maybe. A hundred percent. In the modern way. <laughs> but what we did was this. So one year, my mom was one of six. And the first year we ever did this thing where every year they would just all give each other Christmas presents. So like my mom would have to buy six or five Christmas gifts, you Mm -hmm. know, every year. And then one year they're like, this is too much with, you know, like, let's just That's my dream as an only child whose love language is gifts. That's, uh, that sounds like my dream. Well, but go on. So they decide to pick names, you know, how people do that Mm -hmm. and then whatever. So my uncle Greg is the only one who left the small town I grew up in and he lived in New York and he was a, um, he taught musical theater at NYU and he toured on a cruise ship when he was young and he's, you know, he's very theatrical Mm. and whatever. He's a director. And he got my aunt Gail, the oldest. And for his gift, he made an intimate portrait movie (laughs) and my cousin Aaron played Meredith Vieira and oh she was so good and God. she went all we did it was the most fun I've ever had as a child this is my best childhood oh memory oh my god and I must have been like I don't know maybe 12 or 13 uh-huh. and I played the young Gail <laughs> oh my god and so my so it was just hilarious like Aaron went around with a, the microphone and was like I'm here at the, at the location of Gail's birth. <laughs> and we got like a, a, a like baby doll. And then like she interviewed each family member. And so, each, so my mom, like she was this like, Amy, you are Gail's gift. sister. What was that like for you? And then they were like, you know, we would, my favorite memory of Gail was, you know, going on this vacation. Well, it wasn't really a vacation. It was more of a trip. And like would talk about like, their weird <laughs> camp. And then it, it was all so, and then some of oh their friends gosh. and we had actors and we were like, my my aunt Gail has like really bad claustrophobia, uh-huh. which isn't worth laughing which is about. Not but funny, yeah. not funny. But we did like a dramatization of oh, her once, like getting so God. mad, having to sit in the back seat, and not. I mean, this is probably not this fun is for anyone so to listen to. Creative. But. I always like nothing in my family was creative like this. Even though, ironically, both my parents are artists. But I had another. I had a friend from college who, like, every Thanksgiving, she her whole family would do like Thanksgiving Olympics. And oh, they'd set cute. up an Olymp- uh, obstacle course in their backyard. And so like stuff, creative stuff like this, even though, as you clearly stated, it wasn't like a regular thing. Yeah. I, hearing memories like that, I'm like, yeah. I, I have like star eyes. I mean, that's definitely the best, like there, I don't have much like this, but this, my anything with my uncle, like there were yeah. some funny, me- like the year Dream Girls came out. I remember him and my aunt and my mom 
like he was the um, Diana Ross and they were the other two. Uh-huh. Like just some, some really funny things with my uncle. He's like so someday creative. he'll do this podcast. Yeah. He's really a special you person. You probably get a lot of it, your genes from him. I don't know about that. Thank you. That's yeah. a compliment to you. My cousins are really, really cool. And I feel like I my humor comes from them, the way I, I admired them so much and I didn't you know, grow up living with them, but they were around and they were, you know, they're much older than me. They're 10 and eight years older than Mm -hmm. me. So enough older than me that I like wasn't in school with them and couldn't hang out with them really. But they were young enough that I still could, you know, think that they were cool. And it was, you know, I think that really is ingrained in me of how I wanted to be and, and mm-hmm. things I say, even in mannerisms, like I'll be around them. And someday they'll do this podcast too. I actually have one recorded 2019 Chris Thanksgiving. I went to Austin oh. and spent Thanksgiving, just me and and them uh-huh. oh, and nice. not the rest of our family. And oh, I like that. We recorded and, and it was there now, both of their husbands, but Jenny's uh-huh. boyfriend and Aaron's husband. And, but we also... They, they wouldn't mind me saying this, but they're like, you cannot air that. We are not like, it, they were fighting, like all they were fighting with each other. And that like, but I think at one time, like it was, it was, I haven't listened back to it, but I'm really happy I have it recorded yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And maybe I can use parts of it and maybe someday they will come back. But anyway, my grandpa did the podcast before he died, which is oh, really cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love that. But this is not about my family. This is about my real family, my (laughs) sibling that is sitting across from me, you. For those of you listening, Dr. Patty Kim is back on the podcast. I think this will just be like a monthly, quarterly (gasps) co-host. I would love that. I would love that. Great. Yeah. Great. Because we got cut off last time we did this and I pulled up my notes from there and I asked people on Instagram if they had questions for you. And we did get a couple, but I want this to be just a really casual conversation because you'll come back and it's not like we have to continue to, to cover things. And I like that we can just, I can talk to someone I feel so comfortable with and this can be an intimate, intimate portrait yes, of our friendship. Yes. Oh <laughs> so my did gosh. you watch intimate portrait? Yeah. I mean, I watched so much TV growing up. I know it's not like the healthy or like, you know, I didn't come from a family that was like, no sugar, no TV. Like I didn't. Yeah. Mine was exclusively sugar and TV. (laughs) I mean, I remember my mom and I like her picking me up from school in like third grade and the treat would be to like go through a fast food drive through and you know, like it was just like normal. Um, I always tell the story of like, you know, especially now being in like this LA wellness bubble and, you know, as a naturopathic doctor and all these and everything that I've learned and know, like, I think about my childhood and how, you know, I was born in Korea where, yeah, everything was like more old school and probably healthier if they had like followed tradition and things. But my parents, like, I think paid all this extra money to get like Gerber baby food and like American cheese and things that totally were not healthy. But yeah, I I meet people now who came from like progressive hippie holistic parents and they grew up with crystals and organic vegetables that was not me tons of tv definitely i don't it's so funny for you to like i'm just like reaching into the recesses of my brain because i do have a memory of like by myself watching intimate portraits 
why would I? And I was young too. Why would I watch that? I don't even know. It's like, I know, it's funny. The it's things like, that. Yeah, but I definitely did watch it. So when you said that, it definitely jogged a memory. Do you think from being a doctor, because what you're saying, I literally grew up in the back of fast food restaurants. You know, my family owned Arby's restaurants, right? Yes. I, which yeah. I always forget and then re-remember and it's like yeah. so fun and shocking. Yeah. So the coziest smell to me is like when I would walk by an Arby's in New York and the smell of like grease. Honestly, I can get a hit from it from any fast food chain. It doesn't oh have to gosh. be a roast We'll have beef. to take a walk on Sunset where there's yeah. one there. Great. <laughs> and it just all comes back to me. But I think... You know, I, I dated someone in college who grew up in that way. And his mom was, you know, into all of these things that are popular now, but no one knew about back then. Mm-hmm. And then he, when we got, he got to college, because he had grown up on, you know, granola and probiotics, was just like, Pop-Tarts, beer, <laughs> like, you know, went totally in the other direction and like right. couldn't stand any of it. Meanwhile, I'd grown up in the back of an Arby's restaurant and couldn't get enough of like, you know, kale and like right. went totally in the opposite direction. Like yeah. we were such a, it was, it was so funny at the same time. And, and so from your experience, like, but also now having gone, you know, all over the spectrum of that, I feel like, you know, and, and my friends who are parents who err on the side of like only giving them, you know, special food and this mm-hmm. and that. It's like, at the end of the day, like, I don't want them to go in the direction of not wanting any of that stuff because of what you grew up with. Like, I think everyone should just like eat everything that they want to growing up. And it doesn't really matter because you might rebel or mm-hmm. like, I just don't feel like it's cumulative. Have What's your perspective with that? Well, it's so layered. Like there's different categories because from a more generalized sense like I think about balance and enjoyment and pleasure and moderation and all these things and intuition whether it comes to food or our vices or whatnot so of course it's in that regards like the blanket statement would be yes you don't want to be extremes but I also deal with a population who are coming to me because they've burned through their reserves. So I work day in and day out with people where moderation isn't going to isn't going to cut it at this point. You know, maybe eventually, but we got to heal that inflammation and be a little bit more, you know, tight, I guess. Um, so I think that it's, you know, even with like supplements, I often pay you know, people always ask me like, what about this antioxidant or what about this? And I sort of think of things in like three categories, like even for supplements and herbs and things people are taking sort of like your basics that I will probably take for the rest of my life, you know, probiotics, some version of probiotics, some version of omegas, you know, vitamin D, et cetera. And then there's like this second tier that's like the things you really need right now that will shift and evolve and rotate and then this other tier of kind of the cherry on top you know that extra antioxidant that extra so it's kind of like that even with health and life and so I even see like the population like that you know yeah yeah that makes sense I think it's like I don't know. At the end of the day, what I always come back to is like stress is worse for you than anything else. So It's true. There is, I'm totally paraphrasing and I may have mentioned this in the last episode, but there is some 
saying in Chinese medicine, I remember our teachers telling us about, it is better to eat chocolate cake with joy than lettuce with fear or worry or guilt. But it's that sweet spot because you can't, my thing is you can't just say, oh, everything in moderation, whatever that is. But if you notice yourself saying that all the time, then clearly it's not in moderation. Right, right, So it is really about striking that true balance. Yeah, I think about that all the time because it's like the times that I've slept the least and stayed up late and been drinking more and and looser about – you know, boundaries or, or, you know, working less or whatever have been the times I've been the happiest and like physically felt the best too. So it's like, yeah, some, sometimes I think so much of it is out of our control and so much of it is cyclical and the less, when I was thinking about it the most and I was trying the most and I was clenching the most, I felt the worst, you know, and the looser I got, and that might just be me and my experience, and I and I know it's different for everyone, but I think to some extent, I think that and, and wellness culture just perpetuates that. It perpetuates this tightness that I think makes so many people lose out on their lives. Yeah. I think the clenching, what you said, that you hit the nail on the head. Because even though I may have a patient with something very serious, I if they are clenching. Um, or, you know, there's that tightness that you described. It's, it is really, let's break it down smaller yeah. then. So there's less of that energy, you know, yeah. where you are still moving forward, but it's not so difficult and so stressful. Yeah. I totally agree. Like if, if there's stress in the body, that is, I mean, even this last, you know, couple of years, like I do think the stress is yeah. for sure the number one thing we need to keep an eye out for. I, all the stuff that's gone on, like, you know, with, I don't yeah. even want to get into like, yeah. you know. Everyone, we've lived it. Yeah. I think are living it. It's funny. I, I didn't think we would talk about wellness or, or health stuff at all, but here we are. And I had an interesting experience last week that I voice texted you about, which was I I went to the dermatologist because my skin was breaking out and I had another appointment for a doctor right after that, which was an endocrinologist because I take a medicine for my thyroid and it's always been low, low thyroid. Low, low. And that person bailed on me like like which is twice two so weeks in a row weird. and then the dermatologist was like you need to take this medicine and you're acting so bad and blah 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 blah, blah. and it was just like kind of a strange appointment and which is doubly strange because i'm literally looking at you live in person <laughs> right now and i can't believe she said that yeah it's not i mean not gonna it's not that bad but um yeah it was just kind of pretty left field protocol that they gave me of like an internal medicine and and all these topics it was just kind of a lot and just the fact that like I I go to one doctor for my hormones and then the other doctor for my skin and then the other doctor for my hand like it's it just it's pretty intuitive to me that it's all connected and our medical system of how quick it is and how fast it is it just really bums me out and and I I am so grateful that I have you in my life that I could text and be like, I don't think going on this medication seems correct when it says it gives you low blood pressure and I have really low blood pressure yeah. naturally and my Which skin's you told not her. that bad. And yeah, and it was just like good thing I have someone in my life someone in my life to be like, 
yeah, maybe there, here's another way to see it. And then we all have the internet. So it's just like, you know, I don't want this to be an hour where we like rat on the medical system Definitely. because that's, we're Definitely. so grateful and blah, 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 especially this year. But it is tough to have like a short amount of time and to feel like a number and to, you know, and I think what you do is so individual. And we talked about that last time. So, so what would you say to someone who like option A, I guess, is to see you and you have availability and people can see you remotely, which is like great. But also like if cost doesn't allow that or time doesn't allow that, like what is something that someone could do who is frustrated in the medical system or to get more out of the medical system or to be able to use their insurance or like what is something to, this is totally putting you on the spot that, that people could do to think about their health more holistically? I would say, I mean, there's so many ways to answer this. I would say, don't be afraid to kind of like finding a therapist. Mm -hmm. Like, don't be afraid. If you do have insurance and you have the option of looking for different doctors, don't yeah, be afraid to true. advocate for yourself and find somebody that you connect with and who will listen to you. Um, I have a patient right now who is a very difficult case and has very unusual symptoms. And he recently just found a new GP, a general practitioner who, and I'm, you know, working with this patient somewhat, but he definitely needs more help than I can provide and more data. And this doctor was like, yeah, most endocrinologists or most doctors are going to be lazy or they're going to, you know, do the quick protocol. And I'm, I'm determined to figure out why this is happening. And I told, and for him, I said, yeah, we all need like a tribe of healers mm -hmm. and community with everything, right? And definitely yeah. with our health. No one doctor can be everything for anyone. Right, right, right. So I would say not being afraid to try different doctors, finding different people. And then for sure, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because there's so much education and information out there that allows you to empower yourself, but there's also a lot of misleading information. So this sounds really esoteric and kind of abstract, but I would also say to get still mm. and trust your intuition and really listen to what your body is saying. Part of what I do with patients is not this like great knowledge that I have of here's your treatment plan and I'll see you in two months and we're going to, my knowledge is going to, you know, adjust your next treatment plan. No, we look at how is your body responding? What is your body going to communicate to us? But that's just me meeting you for maybe an hour or two hours. Like you're with yourself every day, every minute. So I think really, and letting go of the chatter, because sometimes we mistake the chatter for our intuition, but our bodies are constantly speaking to us. So I would say on a practical level, don't be afraid to switch doctors and to some education, but don't overwhelm yourself. And then three, like maybe the most important thing. I had a my one of my supervising doctors who, you know, really I was connected to a lot and learned from a lot in school. He used to say, no matter what your treatment plan is or what your diagnosis is, the patient's intuition trumps everything. So if you're going to give this herb and it's never caused this side effect or it's never known for doing this thing, but the patient says, I don't know, my I have this feeling that it's doing this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. Like you listen to that, you know, mm -hmm. or, I mean, that's like kind of a logistical example, but, you know, I've had patients tell me all sorts of weird things and I'm like, nope, we're going with it. This is important. So I think the problem lies in 
our fast-paced world, not only the fast-paced medical world, but yes, a lot of people are meditating and a lot of people are connecting to nature, but we don't live in a world where we are in in sync with nature all the time, you know? So the ability to truly be in tune with ourselves, including myself, like how many times do I turn on music, turn on a podcast, your podcast, like instead of sitting in silence, I meditate, but then that's like a designated time that I go and meditate. So, you know, we're not, we don't have the luxury of living on a farm or in a forest where we are really in sync because our bodies are microcosms of the universe. And that is what true medicine is. It's not this great adaptogen or this great, you know, probiotic. So I don't know if that even answered the question. Cause honestly, I don't know. Cause we are in such a messed up. I mean, we're so messed up. Like there's so many things wrong. So trying to chip away at that can feel a little overwhelming. Yeah. I think the American medical system and insurance and healthcare is a real, you know, not a conversation we're having right now, but really tough with this. And I think what you said about intuition really tracks for me of when I wrote the book, it was called, you know, the answers are, are all inside you. You just have to let them out. That was like meant to be the like very long title. But that was the point. It's like I was searching and a seeker and going to every workshop and yoga retreat and right reading every sort of self-help book under the sun to find what I needed to know. And then I started journaling mm-hmm. and learned not everything, but a lot more that was correct for me because any self-help book or anything any doctor can even tell you is what works for themselves or a lot of other people and it might not work for you you know i could take this medicine that worked great for you and tom and andrew but for me it like messes me up or who knows like and, and same for an herb or or anything and i i do think there's something to you know, if you believe it, placebo effect, you know, Mm -hmm, like if you mm -hmm. believe it will heal you, it probably will. If you believe it's not going to, it probably will hurt you, it probably will. I I do believe that. And I think that's pretty powerful, but getting quiet and listening to yourself, it's so correct and uncomfortable. It's usually the thing that we need to do isn't the thing that we want to do sometimes. And we, we want to fill space and not have any silence. And I think that's actually pretty counterproductive to learning things and knowing things. And I was just reading this. There's a line in that Joan Didion said, I have it underlined somewhere of like about, I think it's in on keeping a notebook where she says, you know, you have to like take in all this information essentially. And then you have to spend time alone. Like that's part of it to collate and, and create and like for creativity and then for you know, connecting with your intuition. And I, I do the same thing. You know, every time I'm, I'm walking, I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to a voice text or I'm on the phone to someone, or, you know, I'm listening to music. And even that, like I I find music is is almost too quiet. It's like my thoughts and feelings Mm. can come up. Mm -hmm. But if I'm listening to a a podcast or talking to people, I can't really find myself in there. Mm -hmm. I'm distracted. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is nice. And I like to stay that way, you know, Mm -hmm. so I always have something on. And I remember, Many years ago, Kelsey Miller, 
she's been on the podcast twice. So it was the first time she came on. She wrote this memoir called Big Girl. And she has this part in the book that that always really stuck with me where she would force herself for, she had like eight blocks to the subway. And I think for the first four she wasn't allowed to listen to anything. And then she could put on her podcast or whatever when she got on the train. But she had to like keep a little bit of time. And so I started doing that in New York where I was like, all right, I have to walk to 21st Street with nothing and then I can turn it on or, you know, and I'll do that now in different ways. But I did that just today. Yeah. I, yeah. I have a, Katie knows, I have this who I call my alien healer who I see once in a while and um, he always recommends that I walk afterwards to ground. And even though I know this, cause I've gone multiple times, like reflexively, I was just about to get in my car afterwards and not only ground, but whatever work he does has to sort of like sink into my yeah, body. He's by the beach. So you walk to the beach, right? I try to, if I have time, sometimes just around the neighborhood. But so I found myself like getting in the car. I'm like, and I wanted to just get in and get home because it's so far from home and I just wanted to get back. And I was like, no, I really need to do this. And I instinctively or reflexively was about to reach for my headphones. So I'm like, oh, I'll finish listening to that podcast. And I totally stopped myself and, you know, no, this is just going to be a walking meditation, integrating everything into your body, whatever messages come up or just listening to your thoughts and just being present. And you know, we can, I, I know I'm sometimes hard on myself and we live in the world that we live in, but we don't live in a world where that's just ingrained in us and it's just a part of who we are. It's like, again, what I just said, like we sort of carve out times to do these things and that you have to because it, you build on that. So that's like a starting point. But I remember years ago I did a large portion of the Camino de Santiago, which mm, yeah. your other friend did as well. And I had this whole idea in my head. I was going to wake up. I was going to do Qigong before every day that you started your walking. And I had this whole ritual planned out. And I remember being disappointed because I didn't get up and have my little routine. And a friend of mine who I was, this was so long ago, like I'd have to go to like a internet cafe to email people back. And I remember a friend saying like, you don't need to get up and do Qigong or meditate. Like you are a walking prayer throughout mm. this whole Camino. And I was like, you're right. Like, it's just, I am the Qigong. I am the prayer. I am the meditation. And our bodies and our souls are actually designed to live that way. But so there's this disconnect between technology and the modern world and how our health is and how our bodies want to evolve. So it's trying to find how those puzzle pieces fit together because we can't, I mean, you could, I know a lot of people, especially during this past year and a half who just like left cities and, you know, went to the country or went to the forest, but we don't all have the luxury of doing that. So how can we make or those- Or want to do that. Or want to do that. Um, so yeah, making those puzzle pieces fit together is, I think, the new challenge as we grow it more into this modern world. Right. Well, that's mindfulness, right? It's like mm -hmm. chopping vegetables can be a meditation just as much as sitting in the bath or, or what I'm doing right now. You know, I always I wrote something from my old column I did on the fullest, and I think the the headline they used was like how podcasting became my new meditation mm -hmm. because. 
this to me is a form of meditation. Like this is live. Like I didn't know where, what we were going to talk about or where this was going to go or what energy you were going to come in with. And both of our phones are off. We're here. We're not doing anything else. We're not at a restaurant where we're distracted every few minutes by who we run into or that we're eating, which is a lovely experience too. But like we're just doing, anytime you're just doing one thing, you're meditating, you're present, you know? And I think that's like walking is a meditation podcast. Like anytime you're here, that's what I think Eckhart Tolle would say. And I think it's really hard to do that because we don't want to do that. We don't want to be with ourselves, especially when things aren't going well. Like when I got earlier this year after cactus hands, when I got really depressed, I didn't want to, I was always wanting to like turn something on or like I always wanted to, especially after my, and in 20, every time I get really depressed, it's like this, but after this big breakup I had a couple of years ago, I did the same thing. Like I was always out. New York city was my distraction. Like I was always doing something. I was with another person. And if I wasn't, I didn't want to listen to music because music made me feel feelings more easily and access my feelings, which I didn't want to do. And so I was always listening to podcasts and I couldn't even listen to interviews. I could only listen to like funny things about, I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't really watch, I would watch Busy Phillips's late night show that she had. That, oh yeah. Like that was the only thing I could watch. And when that got canceled, you would have know, thought someone like, like cut off my arm because it was like all I had that year. Oh. <laughs> and my favorite podcast at that time stopped. It was called Pop Rocket and they stopped doing that and they stopped Busy Phillips show. And those were, those were like my anchors, uh-huh, the two uh-huh. things that felt good to listen to. Yeah. But the point is I just always wanted to fill my mind with something distracting and low stakes and I didn't want to feel my feelings this episode of the podcast is brought to you by ritual the chicest vitamins around they are so cool looking and i really really love taking them but that's not the only reason to take ritual it's not just because they look really cool in the capsules and they give you a nice minty flavor when you swallow them no not at all We take them mostly because they really help us. Ritual has done exhaustive research to figure out how to fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women, and they've formulated this product with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. And they didn't stop there. They invested in the gold standard of university-led clinical trial research to prove the impact of these vitamins for women. And the results, get this, the vitamin was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43%, omega-3 levels by 41% in 12 weeks. This is very cool and a big deal because it was published in leading scientific journal Frontiers in Nutrition and it's a big deal to have that published and a serious commitment to a first of its kind standard in the industry. I really like taking these vitamins. I tend to 
forget to take my vitamins, but for some reason I have been leaving my ritual vitamins out and taking them every single day. And it feels like swallowing a little bit of self-care. Over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet. And 95% are not getting their daily intake of key omega-3s, both of which are in ritual vitamins, turns out. I love taking them. I think you'll like them too. And it supports the podcast. If you check out Ritual, I love these multivitamins. They also have kids gummies that, to be honest with you, I also got and tried myself. They're really good. Check out Ritual right now. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com. I love these vitamins. Check out the women's 18 plus multivitamin formulated with all of this research and let me know what you think. This week's episode is brought to you by Ana Luisa and I'm so excited about this sponsor. I found out about this sustainable, fairly priced jewelry that's starting at just $39 from my friend Christine, who you might know if you've listened to the podcast or you know me. New jewelry collections are released every single Friday. I'm not someone who is super into jewelry, but I think I'm going to start because they sent me a couple pieces and I gave a couple pieces to my friends and it's been really fun to play around with and I think you might like it too. So it's Ana, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, Ana Luisa, and they have done us a favor where you can get 10% off all of their products. So go treat yourself and your friends and your family and use my code, let it out to get 10% off all products. I absolutely recommend them. They are a great brand making beautiful, sustainable jewelry. So check them out. Go to shop.analuisa.com slash let it out and use the code let it out at checkout. That's shop.analuisa.com slash let it out and use the code let it out for 10% off. I really, really love this brand and I think you will too. Check them out. Sustainable barely priced jewelry starting at $39 on a Luisa A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Use the code let it out for 10% off all of their beautiful, fun jewelry. Something I've been thinking about and talking about a lot, which we should talk about here because I, I, I don't remember what we were talking about, but we've been in some nice philosophical conversations, voice texting in these last couple of weeks. And Something that really hit me hard was my friend, I maybe talked about this in last week's episode because I think I brought it up with Carrie Lynn, but our friend, our mutual friend, Michelle, she has holisticism, posted this thing a couple weeks ago where she was like, Ethan's out of town, her her partner. And whenever that happens, I find myself like working till pretty late and I forget to eat enough. And then I find myself like at the end of the night, hunched over the sink, like eating cold (laughs) pasta very rapidly. And I saw that and like at first it made me laugh. And then I was like, and I commented this on it. I was like, that's literally me every day. (laughs) (laughs) It's like fun and cute when like your partner's out of town. Mm -hmm. But when you just live like that as a single person, 
like I often, I'm looking at my kitchen right now. Like most of my meals are eaten like standing in the kitchen, refrigerator door open well, because I'm like so, you know, and I'm trying to not do that. And I, I, I yeah. would have a lot of shame about that. Mm. And I remember even thinking like, cause I'd al- always lived with people most recently when I moved into this apartment, like that was my worst fear, you know, mm-hmm. that I would like be, but it's just, we do these things that are like really habitual and, I, well, the reason I bring it up now is because it's not that it's a big deal that I that I get too hungry and I eat really quickly and I don't have this like mindful meal. The 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 issue is that the energy I'm doing it from is this rush. Like I don't want to feel my feelings, so I just want to like turn to this thing that can like I can just be here. And it's almost like I get very like sometimes I'll be like standing in the kitchen like looking out the window eating a bowl of cereal and it feels like you know smoking a cigarette where you're just like, I'm, I'm thinking and contemplating, I'm doing this thing in my body, you know? And I could also do that sitting down. I could also do that in the bath. I could also do that with nothing, Mm -hmm. drinking a coffee, drinking a tea, doing that, sitting with, you know, sitting in my hands, doing whatever, all of it's fine. We all have coping mechanisms and there are some coping mechanisms, unlike cigarettes or drugs or alcohol that you can't do the abstinence model. You have to do harm reduction model, such as eating, such as interacting with other human beings, you know, codependency. Like you have to figure out how to do those ones because you can't cut them out. So anyway, all of this to say, it's like the the energy that you're doing things with, the mindfulness, the presence, eating standing up in my kitchen could be a meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, those times when I'm like standing there looking out the window, like I'm, I'm present, I'm there, yeah. you know, it's like, Absolutely. that's fine. It's when I'm like doing it out of a place of like, oh my God, I don't want to like procrastinating or I don't want to do the next thing or I don't want to send that text or I don't, you know, which is so human. And we, we do those things. Yeah. It's like, we're not are robots. you, yeah. Are you letting yourself enjoy it? And you reminded me, you're like, remember the Secret single behavior secret single behavior episode of Sex in the City <laughs> where you told me this, but Carrie is like, I love to eat saltine crackers with grape jelly mm-hmm. over the sink, reading, reading a fashion reading magazine. Fashion magazines, yeah. And it's like I think there's something to that of like it's okay. Mm-hmm. And she was like, he can't, he can't see my secret single yeah. behavior. So. What are, no, I won't, I won't ask you. We'll save that for another episode. Oh, but my whole, I mean, going back to what my whole <laughs> life is secret single behavior. <laughs> but do you feel like you're mindful with it? Cause sometimes I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't give a fuck if someone sees me like doing something weird in my apartment or like, but other times I'm like, it's, it's more the energy that I'm doing it with. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm like, yeah, I am eating this thing weird in my kitchen. There are other times where I'm like, it depends on how, how I'm doing it and where my yes. mind's at, how much I care. And I, it's hard to like even articulate what that feels like. Well, you know, not to bring it back to medicine again, but I, when I try to explain what my, you know, practice of medicine is, I often say like, you can use a drug, you know, like acne medication and use it to suppress or use it to buy time. And it's this, while you work on deeper healing, but it's the same action. You can do that with an herb. You can do that with a drug and kind of piggybacking on some of our voice texts. Well, one, my whole life is secret single behavior, but two are that voice text was so, and it's not anything I didn't know, but it was so illuminating. And I said this back to you of like, wow, what a different perspective to think 
I get to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, right. That's I get the whole reason be, I brought it up to you. Yeah. Like, I'm just a fan of Michelle from afar. We're not actually friends. So mm-hmm. I don't want her to hear this and be like, we're not, she's not a mutual friend. <laughs> but, you know, for anybody who's partnered to be like, oh, I got to do this, or I, you know, I did this thing, or I ate this thing, or I like walked around, you know, doing whatever. And I thought, wow, yeah, it's because honestly, no, like when I think about when I do think about the actual secret single behavior I have, and it's nothing horrific or, you know, crazy, but it is stuff that sometimes I will catch myself and think, oh my gosh, what if I was living with a partner or a roommate or a friend and they saw me like, this is horrifying, you know, it's probably like eating tacos, like super messy and shoving it in my mouth or something like that, or watching some bad TV or something. But the idea of I have freedom, I have agency over my actions, and I get to do whatever I want. Like, this is like the dream of children, right? Like, to be able to do, when I grow up, I'm going to do whatever I want. And we have that, especially as single people. And yes, of course, sometimes I do get lonely, or I think like, oh, that, that grass seems greener on the other side. But I, I will say this, I have so much appreciation for being single, being alone, being an independent person. I do not take my freedoms for granted and I love them and I appreciate them a lot. I do think like there is other shame issues and guilt, lots of guilt, being Catholic, Korean, only child, you know, the list goes on and on. So I do think our conversation was so enlightening for me and really even just turning it up a notch even further for like more, not only more gratitude of like, yeah, I'm going to shove these tacos in my mouth and effing enjoy it, you know, but also like glee. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to like stand here and eat crackers over the sink, like whatever that is. But yeah. So not even just like, oh, I get to do this, but with like that sparkle in your eye, the way a kid would be like. I get to eat ice cream for yeah. dinner, you know? Yeah, I, I have that feeling in a different way of I lived with such an overprotective mom that I couldn't do anything or go anywhere. It was like a mm-hmm. big production. And that I can like, I can stay out late. I can do yeah. it. Like I have a little bit of that, yeah. you know, that no one knows where I am. I can do whatever yeah. I want. That freedom does feel really nice. And I think going back to what you were saying, I, I forgot why I brought that up to you. And I forgot why I told you that story about Michelle. And it was because I think we were having a conversation about feeling, you know, kind of just meh about not having things that, you know, we don't have of like a partner living with us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even about that. It was about like more, you know, broader things. And we were having a conversation and, and I reframed it of like, think about all the things we get to do of like, cause that Michelle example was not the first one. Like in a week span, my friend Heidi was telling me about this like salmon thing she always makes when her partner is out of town. And my friend Elle was telling me that like when her husband is out of town, she always makes sweet potatoes and dips them into coconut oil and this like really <laughs> gross, she said her word way. And I was like, that's so funny. I do that kind of thing all the time. Yeah. Like I have these strength, like the things I eat every, every, I could do a cookbook of <laughs> single food concoctions. Food concoctions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like literally what I had earlier, I will say as it is delicious. It is incredible. I ate it out of this huge bowl that our ceramics teacher Catherine mm-hmm. made. 
Oh, got to go back to ceramics. Yeah, we do. This might nauseate people. So if you <laughs> are going to get nauseous, tune in in 30 seconds. <laughs> I do want to hear this. Should I say? I guarantee you that I'm going to think it's amazing. It's shredded lettuce sometimes. And then a little bit of like arugula or whatever else I had, but mostly literally like shredded lettuce because I like it to feel like crunchy like that. Mm-hmm. And then... um <laughs> Honey mustard from mm-hmm. 365 and a dollop. Which I have in my fridge because of you. Go on. Oh, great. Yeah. A dollop of the veganese. <laughs> it's like uh-huh. avocado oil veganese. And then a lot of nutritional yeast, a lot of hemp seeds. I feel like I'm missing a key component to this. A lot of sea salt. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like mush it all up together. And that's it. I mean, that's like my go. That's not mm-hmm. shocking. That's like a version of my kale salad. Mm-hmm. But to, to tell you some that now that I say it, it's really not that gross. But it tastes like things that would be on a hamburger. You know, sometimes right. I put pickles in uh-huh. there. Uh huh. And it's incredible. I crave mm-hmm. it more than anything. And and the other day I had like a smoked white fish and I like mashed that up. I mean, it looked mm-hmm. disgusting. Oh, it looked. If you can visualize this, yeah. I've told patients. Who are who complain about not being able to eat healthy or don't have time? I've said to them, "Oh, you know, sometimes I come home and I just it takes all of thirty seconds to saute up it, uh, literally an entire bag of spinach. We all know mm-hmm. that you put an entire bag and it wilts down to like a teaspoon, one piece, yeah, yeah. one piece. <laughs> so you do that. Add like just sauteed in oil and salt." And then I open up a can of sardines yeah. and put a dollop of sauerkraut. And I do remember the first time I told this to a patient and they were like horrified. To me, it sounds glorious and it tastes amazing. I've also like mushed sardines like into rice and, you know, added like Korean seasoning and seaweed and things. And like, you know, yeah, it does not look appetizing at all, but so I am definitely, we should, we should definitely make a, yeah. Secret single behavior cookbook. Yeah, I think we're on. I don't know something. if the visuals would be very good. I mean, I had Caroline and Becca from Fishwife on a couple months ago, <laughs> and like tinned fish has really like become like a hot girl food now. Awesome. And yeah, but it's it's a great secret single behavior food. That is fish. I, that is one way that I have been intentional with, especially secret single behavior mm-hmm. food eating or concoctions because. It's so European to me. Yeah. Um, and like in Korean culture, there's a lot of sardines, but like like in Spain, often grilled, not so much canned. Um, but I just pretend that, and I feel like you eat this way a lot. I don't do this Like often, a picnic meal. But picnic meals. Yeah. And it feels like I'm just an afternoon in Tuscany or the south of France, you know? Yeah. And it feels very lovely and sweet and romantic. Yeah. And, you know? But to be honest, when I... I should do this more like play. I got this from, from Sophie who is my friend who I used to to live with. And she, you know, she's like a proper chef for work essentially um, or works in food and has worked in restaurants for like decades. But she would make herself like on a Saturday afternoon, I was living with her and on like a Saturday afternoon, she would, I remember she would like go to cookbook and she would have like, this beautiful board that it was just her Mm. eating it and she would like Mm -hmm. share with me, but Mm -hmm. it was like strawberries placed beautifully. And then like a bit of arugula and and the way she opened the sardines and the 
bread cut so perfectly and a swatch of mustard. And like, I was just like, what? How is that? Like, this is everything I always want. I didn't like know that that was an option. Yeah. I didn't grow up seeing that. Yeah. And then I became addicted to it. And now it's kind of, then like all that <laughs> summer I was making boards, you know? Like, and that was like, everyone was sick of it. And it's kind of expensive if you like yeah. get all the dips yeah. and buy all the things. There's Christine so has components. a video. Yeah, she has a video on on her channel, which of me I've making seen, and it. I was like drooling watching it. Yeah, and and Zoe, our friend, was over. She makes a cameo in it, and Zoe was like, "The one thing that's like, if I was gonna fact check this video, is you saying it like, or maybe Christine says in uh -huh. it, like it's a really like cost effective way to eat." <laughs> She's like, "That's not true. Like this was so expensive. This fancy mustard, that, but you could make it definitely cost yeah. effective." Yeah. But when I make it for myself, it's definitely not as beautiful and I don't really plate mm -hmm. it nicely. Mm -hmm. And I usually like half of it is eaten while I'm still preparing it. And mm -hmm. then I come down with the whatever I come sit with like whatever, you know, is still left and it's not as beautiful. But I'm trying my the shop that I work at, one of the owners, Emma, who I think you've met she calls it picnic meal and yeah. she'll be like, what am I going to have for my picnic meal? And she'll pour herself a glass of wine and she'll get all these things from the shop mm -hmm. that she owns. And you know, that has stuck in my mind. And and Heidi gave me this little like play when she was in mm -hmm. Mexico. And, and I'm Cute. like, it's kind of a, it's the size of like a regular plate. But I, I when she gave it to me, I was like, you know what? That's going to be my picnic meal platter. And I'm going to do it for myself. Yeah. In like a little way. Because I'll make these beautiful platters like for friends or yeah. when I have people over. But for myself, I'm always just like, well, whatever. I just I toss, know. mash it in a bowl. Yeah. Well, I know. And just along those lines, like I often just try to use one bowl just to have less mm -hmm. dishes. But yeah. sometimes I will just pull out all the cute little little bowls and dishes. And I, love I feel that. like that even you know, kind of makes it special. But yeah, I just, you know, just to kind of summarize, like I feel so lit up inside thinking about that tiny little part of our voice text of like, I get to live like this. Yes. Like, even though I know that, like talking about it with you really lit something up inside of me. And oh, it good. really, it really shifted something. Good. In me. Yeah. And, oh, I'm so glad. And I think that, you know, we should all think, of things like that, like yeah. of what I get to do, you yeah. know, instead of like, oh, this is my life or this is, mm -hmm. oh my God, or I'm doing this in secret or like, I feel so embarrassed if someone were to see me doing this, right. like, no. Right, because A, it might not be this way forever, mm -hmm. you know, like you might be living with someone or, and, and I think I, yeah, just appreciating what is instead of wishing what is would change is the best yeah. way to make something change, you know? Yes, and I am the queen of wishing so that something mm -hmm. was different or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I had an interesting conversation with my friend Bob texting last night where he said, and not this sounds weird to, to say this, but he was like, I'm going to, this text, He he. well, I'll just read you what he said. Yeah. He was like, it was so sweet. He he was just to, to this certain text that I sent this. He was like, I'm going to save this. So I keep reading it and reminding myself every day. And this is what I said. Cause he, he was kind of going through it about something. And I was like, focusing on the good in front of me rather than what I want eventually helps, which sounds so cheesy and it's hard to actually do. But when I do, I feel better. Yes. Which is kind of what we're saying, right? 
and, and really is, hard to do. I was just going to say the key part of that is that it is so simple, but so hard to do. I think it's also something we learn a lot of us have had to think about in recent times. Yeah. So I think this will tie nicely actually to some of the questions that we got on Instagram or at least one of them that I saw earlier that I want us to do. And then you'll be back, of course, because we did not cover <laughs> anything on my list yet again. But I do like <laughs> what we did cover. I feel like our energy was a little more subdued this time. So I hope that's okay for Yeah. I well, I just kind of want to say this. Why my part of the reason why my energy is subdued is a health-related thing. I am about to get my um, period. Mm. And it's really tiring right before. Yeah. Yeah. And you you explained to me why, and I'm not the only one that feels that way. You explained to me why that is. It's a drop in, what is it? Something drops hormonally. <laughs> well, your estrogen drops. Yeah. But also from the Chinese medicine perspective, you know, you are getting ready to shed mm -hmm. a lot. So that takes a lot of energy. I always joke that like if men had a, giant cut on their arms. I think I've said this to you before and they just bled nonstop 24 hours a day for four days straight. It would be a different story. Yeah. You know? But the fact that we are just are supposed to be bleeding out of our bodies and that that's normal and just our energy, we should expect our energy to be normal and, or, you know, like doesn't make any sense. Totally. Yeah. I just feel, yeah. I remember I came into ceramics once and I was like, I have nothing today. I am like, and I can tell whenever it's coming because it's just like I really feel like a drop in something. Like I'm, yeah. I get a little bit apathetic. Uh -huh. A little, it's like I'm kind of hungover all the time yeah. for like two days. You probably your body wants to go into rest mode. Yeah, you know? it's really wild. Okay, so this is the question that we got that kind of ties into what we were talking about before, and it like kind of breaks my heart. Mm. They said. How can loneliness affect our physical and mental well-being? I'm going to cry. I know. I really am getting teary-eyed. I know. It's really intense, right? Oh. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm so unprofessional sometimes. I've, like, cried um, with a patient. Oh. <laughs> I need to get you a tissue. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I think it's I'm really not, beautiful not that like, you're in your I'm body. not, like, losing it or anything, but... I just feel you know. for people um, know. and who hasn't been there, I you know? know? I mean, we are all human. We all have the same emotions. We yeah. don't have all the same experiences per se, but. Oh, it's really hard. I know. I do think, and I think many of us have realized this in this past year and a half, and I know I have too. And I talked about this in the last episode of, you know, I'm definitely going through transformations in myself, in my community, in what I need, what I desire. So I do think loneliness is inev inevitable. I think that is part of the human condition. And I mean, just flat out, of course, it can have, again, sort of that subduing effect. Anything from kind of subduing, you know, to our bodies to, on a positive note, this like cocooning, hibernation, transformative effect. And of course, on an extreme level, anytime we are depressed or extremely lonely, of course, our mental health, our spiritual health affects our physical bodies. So again, it kind of goes back even to what we were saying before. The goal isn't to like get out of it. 
as quickly as possible. And it isn't to just sit in it and not move through it either. But I do think that stillness of what is happening? Why am I feeling this? And we all crave community and we all crave connection. You know, I think ultimately that's what we all want as humans. Yeah. And we weren't meant to live so siloed. This is not natural. Right. I think about this a lot because I do live very siloed by choice many times, you know, just out of energy preservation and being an introvert. And, but yeah, I do think that loneliness isn't bad. Um, of course, long term, it can have a literal physical effect on our physiology. But I think the more important thing is to look at why I'm feeling lonely, what is transpiring through that loneliness. Um, but I just feel for people and myself even because it's not easy going through it. And of course, on a very kind of logistical you know, way to answer would be there's ways to take the edge off suffering and the, the suffering of growth and the suffering of evolving. So, of course, like even just being out amongst people, just, you know, ways to kind of alleviate and lift a little bit of that energy is going to be helpful. And even if maybe you don't have any friends, a lot of people don't have friends, but maybe, you know, there are, you can, if you're in New York, I think just even being out amongst amongst other humans sometimes from even just going to a coffee shop can help with that so yeah it you know long term of course it can have some detrimental effects but yeah I mean we talk about friendship a lot on this podcast and I know I've it, it seems like I have a lot of friends and it seems like I talk to a lot of people and bring a lot of my friends on this podcast or bring up my friends a lot on this podcast and I do know a lot of people to be honest, I have very few friends, like close friends. And, you know, my grandma would always say you can count your real friends on about one hand, you know, because we only have the capacity to be a good friend and show up for about that many people. And I think there's there's truth to that. And I also think, you know, for many years I didn't have any friends. And I lived alone in a place where my the the community I relied on was on the internet and was remote friends that I would text or call every once in a while. And above all, what I call familiar strangers, like mm-hmm. the people I would see at yoga that I would smile and tell mm-hmm. them I like their sweater or the person at the coffee shop that I would see working across from me. And like, sometimes it's nice to just be alone with others, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I I go to this this place in my neighborhood that it's a coffee shop, but I sit in the back and, and work from there pretty often. And, you know, today I ran into some people I knew, which was nice, but sometimes I'll just sit there and if there's not a table, someone will be like, sit with me. And it's like mm-hmm. just that, you mm-hmm. know, which I've done in every city I've ever lived in is like going, something that helps too is like, Going, being regular places, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like that. I I get my coffee out most mornings, and I don't really know the people who own the coffee shop, but they know I see them more than I see my family, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. there's something to that relationship, even though you know it's not 
my relationship with you or my relationship mm -hmm. with, you know, my mom or there is a, there is a depth there and there is a level of connection there. And I think, you know, I don't think the answer to this person's question is make friends, yeah. but I think the answer is be out more as much as you can and be gentle with yourself that, you know, you can also feel, I have felt and often feel dreadfully lonely when mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by people. Mm -hmm. You know, Definitely. I can be surrounded by people or at a party and not felt seen or recognized or myself. And that feels even worse. It, loneliness has nothing to do with being with people or having friends or having a partner. It's, you know, being seen and mm -hmm. seeing other people and intimacy, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I think part of it is like getting to know yourself. Yeah, it goes back to everything we said yeah. this past hour, you know, because it's developing that intimacy with yourself can actually be enough to heal loneliness, whether you're with people or not. And we, I feel like we have, we're a little bit more, I don't know, maybe not, but I do feel like as only children, we learn at a young age to develop communication with ourselves. And I do think that that helps, but yeah, I mean, it is just the inevitability of being human. Yeah. As you were speaking, I'm like, yeah, we're really good at being alone, which is true now. I think I'm better at it, but it's funny because I remember a year ago I was moving into this apartment and I remember talking to Christine, our friend Christine, mm -hmm. who who lives alone and has lived alone. And I was like, I'm so, I don't know how to be alone. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know what I'll do. Mm -hmm. Like, how, I, and it was, what will I do? And she was like, I love being alone. Like, it's the best. <laughs> like, I, you know, I love it. And that's different too, because, you know, she comes from a family of five people. Right, so, and she does right. love being alone. Yeah. So, so maybe it doesn't even have anything to do with that's that. That's so true. Yeah. But okay, I strike that from the record. Yeah. <laughs> edit, that, edit that out. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's truth to that too. But the, the other thing is that you just have to warm up with yourself, mm -hmm, right? Like, mm -hmm. I had been around people nonstop for the entire year. That's mm -hmm. why it was so scary because mm -hmm. I started the year traveling and living with people. And then it was a pandemic and I was living with people mm -hmm. for six months. And then I was, and I had been living with people in New York. And then suddenly I was plopped here alone by myself. And, you know, that was really new and different mm -hmm. and jarring. And I think after a breakup, I'll often feel that same way of like, yeah. how do I be by myself? And then yeah. uh, after a little bit, I'm like, oh, I love this, uh -huh, <laughs> you know? Uh -huh, uh -huh. So I think loneliness, you know, actual loneliness, alone being, even when you've been like, I had this Saturday, I was around our friend Zoe all day long and I dropped her off for a second. I was like, how do I do this? Where do I, I have a minute by myself. And I like, I, I before I, got with her I was like I don't want to be with a person I have so right, much you know so right. it's like you just it's just the like the warming up of, yeah. of both you know yeah this is great <laughs> I love you I love you too <laughs> let's end with our is there anything else you want to say or no you'll be back just thank you I'm so grateful mm. for you I'm so grateful for you <laughs> <laughs> well next time you are back. Leave us questions for Dr. Patty when she's back again. And thank you for listening. And we'll let out a deep breath. Okay. Inhale. Let it out. <sighs> thank you. I love you. Thank you so much. Have an easy period. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 
right, that's my episode with Dr. Patty Kim. Follow her on Instagram at Dr. Patty Kim. If you're in LA or virtually, book yourself an appointment if you want her to be your practitioner. She's my practitioner. She's amazing. Highly, highly recommend. She's at Dr. Patty Kim on Instagram. And we call her that in my friend group because I think Christine and I just started calling her that Christine and I individually just happened to know Dr. Patty and bonded over like oh no you know Dr. Patty I know Dr. Patty no way and then we just call her Dr. Patty and then I started I just really got that in my head and you know we're like close friends like I would call her her normal name but I call her the her first and last name and and title to all of my friends and Zoe and Mark and like all of our group Savannah we all you guys have heard about my friends we I'll say Dr. Patty Kim. So join us and follow her at Dr. Patty Kim on Instagram. Also, Let It Out has an Instagram at Let It Out with three T's. I would love to connect with you there. Please send me a DM or you know, comment on, on our posts and let me know who you are. And you can follow me and send me a DM as well. I'm at Katie Dalebout. It's just my full name. I would love to connect with you more there. One last reminder about the Right Kit, my digital workshop, online course, self-study. If you want to try it out, it's full of prompts for getting closer to yourself. So prompts on everything from anxiety and mental health and depression to feeling your feelings to relationships to your relationship to food and your body and also creative writing prompts and information on writing to share. So that's pitching essays and connecting with ways to publish anything from a book to an essay to having a column. Everything I've done writing wise, I share about in here as well as I interview my friend Leah Clancy who is a professional writer and copywriter and poet. And there's a, it includes an audio interview with her and more information with her and everything I know about publishing. So that's all in the right kit. And again, it's 50% off just for the month of October. So if you want to try that out, I would love to have you. If you have any questions, send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email. If you want to get the show notes and information from me sent right to your inbox, the Let It Out letter goes out every week or so, sometimes every two weeks. So the link to sign up for that is in the show notes as well. And if you have any feedback on the show, on me, send it along, maybe gently, (laughs) but I would love to hear it. Let it out. Also, my second show that I co-host with my dear friend, Serena Wolf, who's the chef and cookbook author, it's called Spiraling. And it's a show about mental health where we talk about anxiety and anxiety triggers and anxiety management tools. And we laugh a lot. It's really funny. We share what we're spiraling about and we share our high, higher, highest every week at the end, which is really fun. So if you like this show, you'll probably like that show. If you hate this show, definitely don't listen to that. And I'm curious why you're still here, but happy that you are. Anyway, the link to listen to spiraling is in the show notes as well. And if you do like that show and it's something that's important to you, let us know. And if you want to support it, send it to a friend and review it on iTunes as well as the show. It really, really does help. I'm trying to figure out how I can keep doing this and sustain it for another 10 years. It'll be nine years of doing this show next year in 2022 and 10 years in 2023. I started it in 2013. So if you're new here, explore the archive. We have nearly 400 episodes now, and I would love for you to dive in there and see what other people that you like. So 
Also, one more thing. This has become very announcement heavy, but I'm just kind of rolling with it. If there's someone you really want to see on the podcast, I would be really open to that because I am thinking about the future of the show and what I want to do more of and less of and thinking about 2022, which I feel very optimistic about because 22 is my lucky number. And I just feel like we need some positivity. And I think next year might be it. I love you. I'm so grateful you're here. The emoji for this week's episode is a cracker. Is there any sort of cracker emoji? I'm not sure, but like bread would work. Let us know. See what you find. Get creative. And please comment that on Dr. Patty's Instagram, on my Instagram, on Let It Out's Instagram. Again, that's Let It Out with three T's. I love you. I'm so happy that you're here. It means so much. And please support the sponsors. Check them out. Use the code. Use all of our codes. It really does help. Trust me. All right. Love you. Talk next week.